So it's Advent, and there's a little bit, little bit of change here and there to help awaken us, to help our senses that can so easily get used to the monotony of, I don't know, like green every week, come in the church is green, the flowers are green. So it's a little more purple. It's a little more like a change up of like helping us see things that are happening. We blessed the Advent wreath yesterday, that little light, that little little dwindling light that actually grows and grows over the weeks of Advent, reminding us that the light of Christ is coming and maybe getting stronger in our own life, in all that we do. A lot of things, even, even our choirs have spent some time to help prepare the music to help us delve deeper. There's something different going on. There's a change. We talked about a lot these last few weeks about how like we've, we were reaching the end of the year. It's a new year. And last week we touched on like, the idea of a New Year's resolution. It's kind of wishful thinking if you wait till December 31st to make a resolution. Well, I'm going to go on this super diet starting tomorrow, not today, tomorrow. But the church, rather, gives us four weeks to prepare and form habits, even just one habit of change. So that in the, in the new year, when, Christ, when Christmas comes and we begin that, that season of Christmas, there is a real change. And it's realistic change. So that's what the whole season is trying to help us do. Pick one or two things you always talk about, like, what do I give up during the season of Advent? What do I do during, during the season of Advent? Maybe just pick one or two things, one or two habits that we're going to wor work on in these weeks of preparation and hard work. We're accompanied by the Holy Family. Think about it, especially the Blessed Mother, St. Joseph. In these weeks before the birth of the Son of God, they were working hard. There was a lot going on. They were traveling, and maybe Joseph thought he was getting a house ready in Nazareth. Oops, it wasn't a hurricane that hit his house, but he's got to move. Forget that house. You're going to Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? I don't know. But he'd already formed the habit of going wherever God told him to go, and he went to Bethlehem. And he looked hard. He worked hard. He prepared with the best they could. They prepared for the coming of the Lord. We want to have that same spirit of really working hard, preparing ourselves for what's going to happen. And I'm not rubbing it in, but I was struck at the game yesterday. It was kind of rough for the LSU fans. Raise your hand if you thought A&M was going to lose yesterday. We all thought A&M was going to lose, and lose bad. I didn't even watch the game. And I found out to my surprise that they were winning and that they actually won. Did you feel like LSU wasn't prepared? Did you feel like they hadn't gotten their game mindset there? They were not in the game? And as much as it hurts to feel like they did that yesterday, the whole point of the message of the gospel today, don't let that happen to me in my spiritual life. Don't underestimate the gravity of the preparation required to live the Christian life and to be ready when our Lord calls on us. It's not the ways we would expect it's not the things that the mindset of the world has us focused on. Shopping, making sure I got my Christmas list done. Like, that's not even close to what Jesus was focused on in this season. Who would have thought that the Aggies would have been the ones to knock out LSU last night or, or win that game? Like, it's not, we're just, they were caught unprepared. I can't let that happen to me in my spiritual life. I can't be content Overconfident. Oh, I'm doing just fine. I've got my, my, check, my check boxes all done. I'm here at Mass on Sunday. Good. All right. I uh, went to confession 20 years ago, I think. I got my child baptized. We're good to go for a long time. As if that's even close to enough. If it doesn't work in football, 
and it doesn't, why would we think it should work in life itself, in my Christian life, in my heavenly journey? There's challenges to be ready for. There's temptations to be ready for. Temptations of my mind, confusion, uncertainty, doubt. And what am I doing about that? How am I equipping myself so that when our Lord comes or when the temptation comes, when the thief, Jesus compares himself to a thief coming of all things. Is my mind secure? Is my faith sure? Do I know why I believe what I believe and do what I do and don't do what I don't do? Do I know why? Or do I just do it because, well, that's what the church says. I don't know why I just do it because that's what the church says. Go deeper than that discernment. Much deeper. St. Peter told the early Christians, always be ready to give answer to those who ask you for a reason for your hope. Why do you have this hope, Christian? Why do you live this way? Why do you smile when you're suffering? Wait, you're supposed to do that? You're kind of supposed to understand the crucifixion. You're kind of supposed to understand, we're all supposed to understand that suffering isn't going away, but the Christian lives it differently. Am I ready for that? No, now is four weeks to maybe pick that as an area to embrace little difficulties during the week. Or if, if my day's been awesome, maybe I'll give a little, maybe I'll create a little difficulty by not having the chocolate cookie for dessert. That's the idea, like you're trying to, to toughen up the skin a little bit, thicker skin to handle the difficulties that do come? Am I preparing myself? I just invite us to really focus on, it's, it's four weeks of a habit, four weeks of, of a point of work, so that unlike LSU, I'm not overestimating myself and underestimating my enemy, and presuming I've got so much time to worry about existential things of heaven later on when I have time and I retire, then I'll have time to get more involved in my faith. That's the whole point. If you're thinking that, you're thinking wrong. Our Lord's emphasizing it. You don't know the time the thief is coming, you just know that he's coming. In our military, all of my one year in the military, in our military, how often do they drill? Like, at least every week, if not every day? How often do they square it away? How often do they have inspections every single morning? An inspection. Advent is like an inspection. The church kind of challenges us to look at ourselves in the mirror, look at our faith life right now. Be ready. Are we ready? When I failed my inspection and my shoes were not polished, there were consequences. To help teach us to not have that happen when it counts. Today the consequences are small, but the whole point is, if you're faithful in little things, you'll be ready for the big ones when they come. But if you're tepid and mediocre in the little things, you're not going to make it when your faith is most needed. Your faith won't be strong enough. You won't be ready for our Lord when he comes. You won't be ready to face the temptation when that comes. And we often do self-content. We contempt ourselves on a very low standard. When we look at the way the apostles lived with Jesus, I appreciate it. I was able to see the chosen, but great thing to do in Advent for what it's worth. Binge not Netflix, binge the chosen. Um, but it, it, it reminded me, they, they struggle. The apostles are like, this is not comfortable. I haven't slept in a bed. We're not eating well. That's the way of Jesus. It's not comfortable. And he did it willingly. 
Ever thought about why Jesus came to Nazareth in 0 AD, before electricity, before running water, before all the comforts and luxuries of our time? He was more showing us to be more simple in life, not to get attached to more things. The more things you have, the more luxuries you have, you think it creates more anxiety or less anxiety? More anxiety. In our first world country, we are full of anxiety. The more technology we have, the more we're afraid of the securities for that technology. We just simply ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in the season of Lent to detach our hearts from things that we don't want to be attached to and to fill our hearts with the things that are going to help us be ready for Christmas, to be ready to live in a new way of life, with new habits of life, when Christmas and the new year come. It's not just one more Advent to be just like every other, where, yes, maybe I remember to put the Advent wreath out, and that's it. But it's supposed to be a life-changing four weeks, a life-changing season. For what it's worth, a lot of apps now, like Hello and, and um, Exodus 90, all those apps, they're offering little things you can be doing, things you can be listening to, form.org, etc. Just a lot of things that, instead of listening to the news every morning or, or whatever podcast, like, make a change. And listen to one of these things. There's several book studies taking place for the Advent season to help people, not just as individuals, but even supporting one another in a group to go deeper into their faith to go deeper into their experience of our Lord's love at Christmas. It's a season of joy and of love. I'm not focused on shopping. I'm not anxious about making all the sales work for me. There's other things that are supposed to be going on right now. The schedule for Advent, I think, is in the bulletins, but it's definitely online. But a lot of opportunities, a lot of different opportunities, daytime opportunities, nighttime opportunities, just offered for anyone who needs with them or wants them, hopefully we all realize we do need them, to have more time to spend not on social media or at work, but with our Lord himself. Remember who was there at Bethlehem? Not the ones you would have expected. All the Jewish leaders and the the, the leaders of their faith, the spiritual leaders, they weren't there. They had not been ready. Their faith was in the wrong place. It was a bunch of lowly shepherds and some foreigners. Do I choose to waste time with Christ in the manger and and adoration or mass? Do I choose to make more time to spend with Jesus in the feeding trough on the altar? Because that's where he wants to be found. Is he worth my wasted time? Or is he less important than my Facebook feed or my Twitter or my TikTok or whatever else? Show him this advent or form a habit of showing him that he's first. Mass is boring, we say to ourselves. But I'll I'll take some responsibility for that. Sometimes it's our fault. We do everything we can to make it better. But at the end of the day, it's also like, what's my own inner disposition towards the Mass? Can I change that this Advent season? My own interior disposition. Like when it's game day, you're, you're psyching yourself up for the game. Do I try to psych myself up for what I'm about to partake in in just a few minutes. It's a mental thing. Because if you come into the game mentally unprepared, you lose. But sometimes we come into Mass mentally unprepared. And guess what? We get almost nothing out of it. And it's no one's fault but my own. We prepare ourselves for what our Lord wants to give us in giving us His very self. 
In Bethlehem, you see it. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In Holy Communion, you feel it, you experience it. God so loved you that he gives you today his only beloved son. We can't be indifferent to that. There's nothing boring about that. There's nothing about fishing or hunting or some other thing that I would choose and pass up that for some other thing. The Holy Spirit walks with us, nourishes us. We simply ask for his help because by ourselves we do struggle. By ourselves it is hard. Our Lord came to give us what we need to follow him more closely so that our lives actually successfully do reflect him a little better after four weeks of an effective Advent. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.